Hi, Carol. It's so good to talk with you today. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I'm so excited to talk about your book. Will you tell me a little bit about it? Well, I wrote Healing Spiritual Wounds for two reasons. One reason was because I was going through um, a time in my life where I needed to really begin to dig deeper into um, what had happened with me in the past and, and kind of the ways in which religion had hurt me. And and the thing was, was I was uh, working with a lot of people who began to echo my experiences. And I began to hear my own story and their experiences and and it just um, would happen over and over again where I would hear about how a church wounded someone or an organization wounded someone or, um, or you know, a, a community, a faith community uh, hurt a person. And I found as a pastor, as I was working through um, and walking alongside with different people, we continued to keep going back to this problem. And I just thought it was such an interesting intersection that we were at because both in my life and in the lives of the people I was working with, we were going to religion to heal the wounds that religion had caused us. Mm-hmm. So... I, I started writing about it and thinking about that. What What's going on in that intersection? Why would we stay connected to the church? Why would we stay connected to spiritual communities? And also, why does the church hurt us? What does that look like and, and how does that feel? So that's, that's why I wrote it, um, is to sort of explore that, that place. Well, you talk um, a little bit, you you touched on this a bit in this earlier question, but um, a little bit about who you wrote this book for. Well, I personally grew up um, as a very conservative fundamentalist. I went to a fundamentalist Bible school Mm -hmm. and um, had planned to become a missionary. And so uh, I quickly learned that... um, my my role would be very limited as a woman, <laughs> so so um, so I I also have run into a lot of people who have gone through that experience either as a woman or someone who has gone to a very conservative fundamentalist school or had grown up in a very conservative fundamentalist background, and so I'm I'm. I guess the main audience would be towards that person, the person who knows that what they grew up with may have been not healthy, um, not uh, life-giving, and yet they really can't break it off with God. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have a friend who uh, told me once that um, she would be an atheist, but she just kept backsliding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's that person, you know, like we, we try to leave, but we just don't know how to leave. And and so we would just rather have a healthier religion. 
Also, I, I was saying um, I'm a, a pastor and I work a lot with pastors and church leaders. And so I've seen a lot of people um, start to use the information and start to work with with other people who have been hurt. So it's it also seems to be a, a, a guide for people who are working in these situations. I think that's wonderful. I I think a lot of our audience um, is also your audience, and um, one of the things that that I think is is true is that the hurt caused by the church and people who represent faith or religion to us can seem overwhelming and even insurmountable. What encouragement would you offer those who don't feel they have the energy even to begin? Oh, well, it's true. Sometimes, uh, you know, the, the pain can be so difficult that you just want to leave. And I have experienced that before where I just felt like, why, why am I staying in this relationship, you know? <laughs> and, and not necessarily the relationship with God, but the relationship with the church, you know, why, why am I still engaged with this? Um, and it can feel exhausting, but when that moment comes and you just feel drawn and it comes in different places and in different ways, I think that's when um, we can begin to open ourselves up to that engagement. Um, and in that moment, it is, like I said, it, it's, different. Um, For some people, they're, you know, walking along and they see an incredible sunset and they're just so overwhelmed by this beauty. Or for some people, they have a child and, you know, they're, they're looking into that child's eyes and their, their whole body is just vibrant with hope and joy. And for other people, it's, you know, just being able to connect with God in some way where you realize you just can't leave it behind. And and these are just moments where, where we're waking up to God. And, um, and so I would encourage just be open to that moment when it happens. Um, be open to it. I'm not someone who likes to force people back into church or, you know, make sure that you um, read your Bible every day even if you're hating it um, because oftentimes that that's just more painful. But if we can be attentive to that moment when, when we're really open to the presence of God, I, I think that's when... Um, when the energy will come. At the end of each of your chapters, um, and you sort of structure them around different um, different practical guides for, for healing and, and moving towards wholeness, um, you recommend some exercises around that, that topic. Would you give an example of one of these, give people um, an idea of what they're getting into with this book? <laughs> right. Well, the book is structured so that sort of the first 
part, we're thinking about God, and and it's structured, you know, on Jesus' words, uh, love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so there's a sense that you really can't love your neighbor unless you love yourself. So so there's sort of three parts to this. You're, you're healing your relationship with God. You're healing your relationship or learning again how to love yourself and learning how to love your neighbor. So at the end of each chapter, I try to um, be able to get people in touch with and reconnect with God and themselves and their neighbors. So when we're talking about God, oftentimes um, we need to begin to reimagine who God is. So if we grew up thinking of God as being angry and violent and vengeful and ready to send you to hell at, at a moment's notice, then oftentimes we have to explore that idea of God and begin to um, to think of God as love, as a loving God who loves you, who embraces you, and a God whom you can love. And so um, oftentimes that, that makes us think about um, uh, looking in the past and thinking about the images that came in through Sunday school into our hearts and into our minds or um, really thinking about that person that we, uh, and of course I don't believe that God is a person and, um, except uh, as incarnated by Jesus Christ, but, but, but oftentimes we have this, uh, this view of God in our minds. And so, um, so we begin to think, is that a loving God? And um, if not, how can we how can we relearn who God is? And then I move into love of self. For many people, especially if they've been abused by the church or abused by the church's teachings, um, they have learned to really feel dis- disconnected with. Uh, with their feelings. Mm. And so, um, so we may not be able to express happiness or express sorrow or express anger. Sometimes our feelings get gendered so that, you know, men might feel angry and that's the acceptable emotion for, for all emotions. And so they, they have anger. Um, in response to everything, it's kind of their go-to response. Or maybe a woman has been taught that they can't be angry, so they um, learn to cry even when they're angry. Mm-hmm. So many times learning to live for yourself means to get in touch with that and understand um, those feelings and, and what those feelings mean. And then there are exercises uh, as we think about um, love of our neighbors and love of us others, which to me has a lot to do with justice and um, our economic situation and how we treat ourselves and each other when we come to social justice matters. 
That's wonderful. Thank you for that. Um, you write about reconnecting with earlier versions of yourself and being tender with who you used to be. Why do you think that is an important step in healing? Well, I know for myself, oftentimes when I'm digging deep into this work and I'm thinking about what I used to believe and and who I used to be, I think back and I just cringe and um, and like, ah, she was so stupid. <laughs> I can't believe I believe that. You know, how could I have been so hateful or how could I have been so... Uh, and, and I just ended up, I was um, constantly trying to cut myself off from who I was in the past. And um, as I was dismantling my beliefs and, and imagining uh, my new beliefs and imagining who God was, I I realized that I was doing things like, um, when I was in a group and people would ask me certain things, I would fudge on the answers. I wouldn't lie, but I wouldn't say, oh, I went to Bible school or, mm-hmm. oh, I grew up in this church. And um, it was because I, I was embarrassed of my own self. I was embarrassed of my own story. I was embarrassed of who I was. And so part of that healing process was to be able to reclaim my past and um, to really understand, okay, I may have believed this, but this is what happened when I believed this, and this is how that belief helped me in my journey at that moment. Um, And so it was really helpful for me to reclaim my history, reclaim who I was, to not be embarrassed, not be ashamed of who I was, um, and to be able to really uh, bring some wholeness to my life. You know, there is a beautiful Hebrew word that's used over and over again in the Old Testament. The word is shalom, and it's a word for peace, but it's also the word for wholeness. And I love that idea that um, that so many times when we're wounded by the church, we end up we end up like scattered pieces on the ground. And part of this healing process is to be able to pick up those pieces, to be able to look at them, to be able to reclaim them as ourselves, to be able to embrace who we are and to have compassion on that person who believed things that we would never believe now. Um, That was just a very important process for me. And I think it helps us become more whole and more human and leads us to to peace. Mm. Wonderful. As you send this book out into the world today, What is your hope for your readers? Well, you know, the, the, um, I love the title because it, it says just what it is, you know. (laughs) But I, I really hope that people will be able to use it 
and to dig deep into it. Um, certainly people don't have to agree with everything I say. They don't have to um, believe everything that I believe. But I just hope that it's a tool for people to reconnect with God and reconnect maybe even with a spiritual community and begin to have that rich, life-giving wholeness. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Carol. I've so appreciated it. Well, thank you so much for having me on and and, uh, for chatting. It's been great to meet you.